Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gridcoin Fireside here on the Gridcoin Discord server. Today is April 9th. I almost said February again. And we will be going over some Reddit chats. I have a question for the folks here in the uh, chat. Going over some Reddit threads, excuse me. Uh, and I'll ask it now and you guys can think on it. Uh, for you longtime listeners, you may know I do a uh, podcast with the library uh, community before this one. And we had a whole debate over ASICs during that podcast because uh, the main company that supports that protocol, Library Inc., just released some ASICs and they released 100. And I was of the opinion that ASICs are kind of a waste because we already have enough processing power. Basically, I just gave the boink spiel, right? We got enough processing power to power all these networks already. Why are we making highly specialized software um, to waste stuff? Well, other people had other opinions. I stuck by mine. I couldn't be convinced. I'm curious. Yes, hardware. Did I say software? Apologies. Thank you. Love you, chat. Um, where do you guys sit on the fence? What are your thoughts on ASICs when it comes to securing uh, blockchain networks, open economic networks? That said, uh, let's get into the Reddit threads. We've got some news. Um, and we've got some other stuff. Big news, I guess, is there is a leisure update. Uh, 5.3.1, leisure meaning you do not necessarily need to update. You will not fork uh, if you don't update, but it's recommended that you do because why not? Uh, this just bas basically fixed a couple bugs. Um, not that big of uh, a deal. Uh, if There was one bug that was affecting a few people that you need this update to fix, but it's not a consensus layer bug, so don't worry about it. Uh, but again... It's recommended you do update 531. You can get it on the gridcoin.us website or on the GitHub repo. Again, guys, this just highlights um, the amount of time the very few people that are in the core team of this project uh, contribute to the project. Uh, keep that in mind as we get closer to putting out the poll on what to do with the foundation funds. Uh, Foxy's saying if the ASIC is FPGA, then sure. I'm assuming that means if not, then not. Uh, takes less power pi per hash, but will cause inflation power. So without ASIC, you're lost. Everyone has one then. Exactly. That was one of my arguments. ASICs remove the permissionlessness of a system. Because all of a sudden, you need an ASIC in order to compete on the network. And then once Chase Bank owns all the ASICs, for example, they then we have the exact same system we live in right now, where a few major corporations or banks or entities uh, control the global ledger you know and if chase doesn't want someone to transact on like the bitcoin blockchain they don't need to accept any transactions that are associated with that address because it's highly centralized now i'll get back to the chat i love the discussion guys um there is more news oh there, this is a, an important news thing you have <laughs> I think it only does, deals with Windows, but make sure that your computer clock is on the right hour. Uh, apparently, there may be a bug with Windows having to do with daylight savings. And when the clock is out of sync with the actual clock, with actual time, which, oh man, could we have a discussion about what the fuck that means? But when the clock is out of sync with the clock, um, then the wallets, the network will ban you because it thinks you're trying to uh, stake twice on the network, basically trying to hack the network. So it will ban you for 24 hours if this happens. And then if you fix your clock on your computer, make sure it matches the real world clock. I love this. <laughs> You'll be fine. Uh, so that's that. 
Uh, it specifically affects, this bug specifically affects IP starting with 185. And I'm not going to read these. That's just a lot of numbers. Um, I'll try to put the link in the description, but probably not. So just update your freaking clock or make sure it's on the right thing. Uh, there was a start of a new Swedish wiki. How exciting is this? Uh, this is coming from a user, Swede-SE, who we have seen around recently. Oh, he's here in the chat. Thanks, Swede, for doing this. This is great. So um, this is one person translating the wiki that has been uh, put together by a lot of people over time, largely Robotic Mind. So also thank you, Robotic Mind, for the English wiki. But if you want to help translate that to Swedish, um, reach out to Swede.SE or just go to gridcoin.us slash wiki slash SV and make some edits. Uh, you can also reach out to Robotic Mine if you want to help. Uh, there was a PowerShell module for communi communicating with Gridcoin's RPC made by Reddit user aptly named PowerShell Nut. And <laughs> I'm just going to read this first couple sentences because it's really funny. He says, I hope everyone, again, this is from user PowerShell Nut. I hope everyone is having a good Friday. I am kind of a PowerShell nut and wanted to create a PowerShell module for communicating with Gridcoin via RPC. Uh, so they did. Um, that's that. It's pretty neat. Congrats. Good job building an interesting tool. The code is on GitHub. Uh, feel free to contribute when you see it. Uh, all these posts are coming from Reddit, guys. So just go to Reddit slash Gridcoin and you can find the link. Uh, there was also, oh, Open Pandemics, uh, World Community Grid's pandemic project now has GPU units, GPU work units. Uh, they've been working real hard to get these work units out. Uh, so now you can crunch GPU and CPU with uh, Open Pandemics. Go ahead and do that. World Community Grid, one of the largest whitelisted projects on the network. Also one of the largest networks within, or one of the largest projects in Boink itself. So cool. <laughs> Uh, I'll catch up on the chat here, and then we will talk about the Reddit poll or the the Reddit uh, thread called Newbie GRC Economics Questions, which I will be reading blind and answering. Uh, catching up on the ASIC uh, conversation here. Shackle says, if an ASIC for protein folding could be made, I would say make it. It's about getting more science done more efficiently, not about fair distribution of work done. So. I might agree with you. I might disagree with you there, but I'd be willing to have a conversation about that. But the question specifically that we were talking about in the library podcast was using ASICs to secure a blockchain ledger. Um, and my argument was that needs to be the, the whole point of blockchain is to have a decentralized ledger. And when you have ASICs, all of a sudden, the wealthier are going to be able to mine the network faster than anyone else. And they'll centralize and monopolize the network fairly simply. Uh, and it, it's just... Um, so I remember when ASIC started coming out for Bitcoin and it was like an ASIC would come out and then the company that made the ASIC got the ASIC first, clearly, and then made a limited supply and then sold a limited, a more limited supply. So they would use the ASIC, monopolize the network, then sell a few out into the wild, let those sit for maybe three or four months and then make a new better one with like twice the giga hashes. And then all these obsolete ASICs are now on the market wasted resources from the energy made to make it to the the, uh, the minerals inside the machine itself, all wasted because there's now a new shiner machine that does better. So everyone wants to get that new hotness. And then they do the exact same thing. A limited number produced, limited number sold, mine the network, monopolize it, get a shit ton of Bitcoin, and then sell a couple. And then, all right, those are out on the market for three to four months and then make another one with twice the giga hash. And it's just like this cycle of, obsolescence planned obsolescence over and over again 
And it's all of a sudden now there are ASICs probably from 2014 and 15 that are just sitting there, can't do anything else, can't be repurposed to work on a different point project, right? Because if you have a an ASIC that can run one application for one Boeing project, there's a possibility that someone else can find a use for that ASIC, maybe. Um, but if you build an ASIC specifically to mine the Bitcoin blockchain, it's not going to do shit. It's not going to do anything else once you can't use it, once you can't economically compete using that machine. That was a whole argument. It was very frustrating. Um, because, yeah, anyway. Uh, I mean, your CPU is technically an ASIC as well. It is, but there's so many ASICs out there. There's so many CPUs out there. Anyone any phone has a CPU. That's one of the beauties of Boink, right? We're giving science to people and letting everyone participate in the process. So you can buy these obsolete phones and use them on Boink effectively. And then once the phone like actually dies, you can go and recycle it instead of going through the same cycle of obsolescence that uh, Apple intentionally creates. So, it, and Apple just being one example, you know, every big tech company does it. Yeah, it's very frustrating to see these obsolescence cycles break into an industry that's supposedly going against the traditional standards. Um, Sackpop wants an ASIC to find out how to genetically make chicken taste like fish. That sounds absolutely disgusting, my dude. What fuck? Why? <laughs> I would like to find an <laughs> to find a way to genetically make fish taste like Swedish fish. That would be so fucked up too. <laughs> yeah. Um gotcha no. Now uh Mr. Goldblum is asking uh if world community grids GPU tasks are gonna cause CPU world community grid working to become less less much less valuable in relation to grid coin. That's a good question. I haven't looked into how they're doing credit distribution for these new work units. Um, that is something that I'm sure like the grid coin network did talk a little bit about the general incentives in this network. Uh, the people here are incentivized to actually look at this stuff as new things are developed with each project and make sure that it doesn't break our economic model, doesn't break our network. Um, and, and from a technical standpoint, we'll actually talk about an example of that soon. Um, so I'm sure that someone in Gridcoin, if not already, will soon look at these new work units, the amount of credits they're getting, how they relate to all this stuff, and we'll have an answer to that question. It's a very good question. Um, yeah, Foxy answers right there. It depends purely how they fail you the task and credits. Um, Random Dad suggests we change the Gridcoin logo to a fox in honor of Foxy. I am not against it. I am also not for it. <laughs> uh, Koshi mentions that there are not enough GPU work units per day to make much of a difference. Uh, only 1,700 work units every 40 minutes. Uh, I don't know how that relates to anything. We might need more details there. Every 30 minutes, he says. Good edit. Quick edit. Uh, Sackpop asks if it's greener to not use ASICs. Um, I don't know, because ASICs are technically... They're, ASICs are very, very good at the specific task they're meant to do. So if you just... If an ASIC machine is built... Or is not built, it just appears in the wild. You catch one with your master ball. Uh, and you start using it, it's going to be greener than using a GPU. But then if you factor in the rest of the economics around an ASIC, um, ma the majority of which being its life cycle, its obsolescence that's built into it, it cannot, as soon as its task is done, it's useless. Then I don't think it's quote unquote greener. Uh, I think it's greener to use the processing that already exists in the world to get tasks done. And that's why I think Boink is great. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, people are mentioning landfill time once they're dead, melt them down. It takes a lot of energy to melt this stuff down and recycle electronics, guys. But at the same time, you know, we're going to we're 
uh, a renewable grid. So I can't in good faith make an argument to someone who's like, Bitcoin uses so much energy. And then me say, well, yeah, but you know, it incentivizes people to use renewable energy because it's cheaper. I can't in good faith make that argument and then say that ASICs use too much energy. Uh, folks are also pointing out that Gridcoin is proof of stake. It requires no ASICs. This was just a general question that was raised during the library podcast, which the library blockchain is a proof of work, and they just released their first ASIC. It only a run of 100. This was a little, little awkward, but uh, so I was just curious what the folks here think, being from a different distributed computing network, Boink, which runs largely on um, otherwise obsolete hardware. Um, Welcome to my tutorial. <laughs> Again, Gridcoin has nothing to do with ASICs. There is no proof of work involved. Uh, and that actually, to stop here in the chat, will bring me to um, another comment on Reddit, which I closed by accident. So let me bring it back up. Noah Smith, a Bloomberg economist columnist, and I encourage everyone to finish their cider and then say that three times fast, uh, mentioned Gridcoin on his Substack. And he mentioned Gridcoin because it was mentioned in a Twitter discussion between him and I think Nick Carter. I might just be saying some famous Disney person. Um, whatever. <laughs> so uh, the it's great. It's great to have visibility like this from someone, especially from an economics perspective. Um, first of all, their argument I don't agree with, as I just said, Bitcoin is not a waste of energy. Bitcoin is a valuable blockchain for a reason. The work that you're doing when you Secure the Bitcoin blockchain through proof of work. Insanely valuable. Insanely valuable. It like you, you cannot put a number on it. It's at least a hundred trillion dollars worth of value, in my opinion. Uh, other people have different numbers. The you can't put a number on it. Proceeds to immediately put a number on it. Right. So it's, everyone has their different number. I would say a hundred trillion dollars. Uh, someone else is going to say zero dollars. But I think objectively, it's more than $0. <laughs> but the point being, proof of work, securing a ledger. A ledger is what runs the world. The world runs on ledgers. Stock markets, uh, commodities exchange, all of this stuff runs on a ledger. So securing that ledger, how much money does uh, NASDAQ make? How much money does um, um, uh, CMEs make? Like th Those entities are ledgers. Chase Bank is a ledger. That sort of stuff. If, if you can decentralize that, all that value gets put onto a blockchain. Proof of work is also very valuable in that it is very secure. It has been proven to be valuable uh, or proven to be safe because there are, uh, is, it, is Bitcoin over a trillion yet? I think so. I think there's a trillion, over a trillion dollars secured by the Bitcoin ledger and it still has not been hacked yet. That means there's a trillion dollars at stake and no one's been able to steal it from this decentralized protocol that uses proof of work. That's how secure proof of work is. If I could just easily steal a trillion dollars, I'd go do it. That's a trillion dollars. Are you kidding me? Uh, so <laughs> proof of work is very valuable. It also has its own economics behind it, its own economic theory about different stuff that doesn't really hold up in my opinion, but it, it exists. There's theory there. People can have arguments about whether it works or not. I think, for example, proof of work is inevitably going to become highly centralized unless you have ASIC resistance algorithms, which is why the ASIC questions here as well. Uh, but the the economics are about permissionlessness and letting people participate in the system. Um, that said, the there is no proof of work in Gridcoin. Gridcoin is not taking proof of work hashes and making them go to science. Gridcoin is something completely different. And this is very frustrating because for a long time, people use this term proof of research. 
And they also said proof of useful work. Neither of those things are things that exist. There is no such thing as proof of research. Nope. We do not use Boink credits to secure the Gridcoin blockchain. We talked about this, actually. Jim talked about it, and Cy mentioned it on, the, on a Reddit post recently that we brought up. It would be insanely insecure. Cannot do that. The cryptographic, I'm going to try and memorize what Cy said, or recite from memory, and I'm going to be wrong about it. But the cryptographic proofs that secure the blockchain layer must be separate from everything else, or you end up with insecurities in your blockchain. And if the blockchain breaks, everything else we're doing breaks. It's very important that that ledger stays secure. So Gridcoin uses proof of stake. Um, we prefer like grade A prime beef, but any stake will do. <laughs> Wagyu would be awesome. Uh, but the, the rest of it, everything else is layers that are developed on top of that proof of stake consensus layer. And they're very fascinating. They're, they're uh, intelligently built. They're, they're intelligently conceived. Even Rob Spaghetti code implementation of this concept was brilliant like it's a smart idea uh and now they're competently executed <laughs> and then the stuff we're going to build on top of it is going to be even more interesting um if we get there and i hope we do i think we're going to be starting to talk about more of this stuff now that fern it really looks like has settled down everything we have to get out in terms of updates and bug patches are done um so gridcoin when you go out and get publicity Spread the word. We're not proof of work. We have nothing to do with proof of useful work. It's not a thing. We incentivize people to do useful work with their computers, but that's not securing the blockchain. Because if you say proof of research or proof of useful work, this is why this is important. If you say those terms to anyone in the blockchain space, they're going to argue against you and they're going to win the argument because those things don't exist and they don't make sense. But if you say, no, we're proof of stake with a secondary incentive layer, oh, okay, that's a little interesting. You're using proven technology and you're experimenting on top of it. What are you doing? Tell me more. Uh, that will work. That's good. So oh. it, who's going to say something? Is, do, do, do people still say proof of research now in like 2021? Oh, I see it all over the place. It's, I, I couldn't tell you. I haven't seen it recently, but I do see it uh, every couple of weeks. It just pops up. Someone says proof of research and they just say it because that's what was said for so long. So that's the term they have in their head, but it's proof of stake. and then. Um, incentive layer on top okay um oh proof of stake i like using vampire stakes better i will use that instead of beef proof of stake we want two dead vampires to secure a block uh, <laughs> so that said this is awesome that this person it was nick carter uh this person got Gridcoin in front of the eyes of other people in the space and other people not in the space other economists and other people in the bitcoin space so keep doing that um uh, proof of stake is not vegan friendly. Get out of here. You are going to the slaughterhouse. Uh, <laughs> keep getting the word out there. Do your best to to use accurate information. Uh, all right. Back to catching up on the chat. A proof of space is very interesting. Uh, proof of space uh, that's being brought up by uh, Foxy is something that Gridcoin should be paying attention to, the people here, because we deal with science, the world of science, and there is a lot of um, data when it comes to science. So how can that data be handled in a decentralized way? There are several proof of space algorithms out there or protocols. Um, I actually don't remember how storage or see a coin work. But there's also Filecoin and there's a new one coming out by uh, Bram Cohen, the guy who made, um, wow, BitTorrent. Uh, and it's called Chia. It looks very interesting. Um, 
So yeah, we should. If you don't know what proof of space is, check it out. Uh, we use proof of stake. So you might see POS used as both proof of space and proof of stake. We use the stake one. Um, right, Foxy, are you? Do you uh, follow Chia? Yeah, it's really interesting. I tried to start uh, farming the other day. Exactly, it takes 300 gigs just to set up for a temporary. Yeah. I'm trying to convince my data hoarding friend to set up a, a Chia mining rig. <laughs> like, like, oh shit, I just spec'd out something for $5,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do it. Do it. Chia. Chia. <laughs> what? Oh, I thought you were just saying Chia. Like, what yeah. is Chia? Uh, Chia is the, I just said it. It's a proof of space cryptocurrency uh, spearheaded by um, Cohen, the guy who did uh, BitTorrent. He developed BitTorrent protocol. Yeah, it's, Chia. it's in chat already, guys. Chia. Thank you. Yep. It's got its own smart contract stuff, too. It looks interesting. And this guy, he knows what he's doing. He's done this before. So I'm. this is one of those random lower-level coins that's like, this might be the next Cardano. Um, but technically, it's interesting. Yeah. No, don't worry about the freaking speculators. It's nuts. The tech is interesting, and it will probably last for some time. Because they also have a business plan behind it. And I think, from what I understand, they're also making a publicly traded company that's going to support the, the protocol. So they'll be able to get VC and private funds to support the development. It, it looks really interesting. Again, uh, it's from the guy who made BitTorrent. So he has connections and he knows uh, technology very well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting whether the SEC goes after them or not, because the SEC is going after more and more coins that do pre-mines. Uh, Cool. I'm gonna edit most of this out because it is just us having a conversation. But um, that said, all right. So I guess guys, we'll talk about these newbie GSC economics questions. Oh, here's a great question. Actually, it has to do with economics. Random Daz, how on earth do you get a new cryptocurrency to even be worth anything unless you somehow buy your own one yourself at first, so there's some money in it? Did you, do you know how many different forms of the U.S. dollar were created before the U.S. dollar was a thing? So it's kind of rhetorical, but the, the point of the question is a currency becomes used when there is security perceived within it, stability, and uh, security is the same as trust. I was going to say trust. Uh, and that's when a, a currency starts to be used. So Bitcoin wasn't used as a currency at first, right? It's still arguably not a currency. It's still a store of value. There's a theory that says it must go through the store of value phase before it can become a currency. And that's generally held up by historical evidence. But exactly, yeah, there was the green dollar. There was the the, the Articles of Confederation back before it was like the United States. There was the currency for that. There's the currency they used for the war itself. And then they just, there was so much debt, they erased it and then went and made a new one, a jubilee. And there was different currencies for each state before there was a federal currency, and that was madness. Uh, so, it's currencies are very um, fragile, complicated, and uh, based on the way humans think. So, of again, it's based on security, trust. You know, you say the dollar says in God we trust, but it's no in in the guns we trust. We trust the U.S. dollar can will be continue to be demanded in exchange for security of the land that the U.S. military protects, so for taxes, uh, because 
for and we expect we trust that that will that exchange will exist for a long time that contract because the u.s has such strong military might it's not likely that their economy is going to collapse anytime soon because they can just do whatever they want essentially um the Bitcoin was just a tradable token. It was like a baseball card for the first several years. And then someone trusted the network enough to sell a pizza in exchange for Bitcoin. And all of a sudden, Bitcoin started to be exchanged for US dollars on exchanges. Like it just happened. It's an emergent property of these things, uh, of economic networks. Currencies, um, currencies are the base layer of an economic network, of a social contract. Uh, and once a social contract starts forming, a currency will either emerge or you start a social network by creating a currency, essentially. Not social network, but economic network. Uh, so you can read an interview on what the guy thinks about selling. It, it was like, it was a lot of Bitcoin for a pizza, but he, he doesn't regret it. He used it. He used it. It was what it was worth at that time. But as more people perceive value in this thing, the... Um, more bread, the more pizza you'll be able to buy with it, uh, and then you can add scarcity concepts. But the the to contrast this with U.S. dollar, trust in the U.S. dollar is decreasing because the money printer money printer goes burr. Uh, the U.S. militarily is getting challenged by China. Geopolitically is also being challenged by China uh, and Russia, and there's there's more instability and uncertainty in the U.S. dollar. So the U.S. dollar is decreasing value over time. Uh, the U.S. dollar there's more complexity with this because a lot of other nations rely on the U.S. dollars to operate because they have debt in U.S. dollars. So they need their, their contract is they have U.S. dollars or they need to pay back the U.S. government in U.S. dollars. So they need U.S. dollars. So if at some point they all need to pay back that debt at the same time, demand for U.S. dollars is going to skyrocket. Supply is going to be incredibly limited and the value of the U.S. dollar will skyrocket and that will collapse a lot of nations. But the basic principle there is uh, to your question how did you just get value behind the stuff it just emerges as an emergent property um people decide that they're willing to give you bread for the thing so with bitcoin and for these ledgers that are coming after bitcoin because bitcoin is an unusual example um again it goes back to the the concept that there is an insane amount of value in these ledgers and it also so securing a ledger, very valuable. Having a ledger, knowing who owes who what is very valuable. Uh, knowing where money goes, very valuable. But also, these things, these cryptocurrencies are programmable money. They're money that can do stuff. That's very, very valuable. Uh, so when you, a smart contract is is that. It's, a, it's uh, something that came out of the possibility of being able to program money. So the more things that you make this money do, the more valuable it is. So if we make Gridcoin secure science, the system of the decentralized system of science, there will be a lot of value to this currency. So if we, and then because Gridcoin is the base layer, the, the, the native currency of the, of the Gridcoin blockchain, um, people will demand the currency Gridcoin in order to do the stuff that the money can do that's been programmed into the currency. So if Gridcoin is used to publish a scientific article on the Gridcoin blockchain, the decentralized blockchain of science, someone is going to need to buy Gridcoin in order to publish their article, in order to interact with that blockchain. At that point, there is a demand for the currency, and then the amount of supply will dictate the price 
of the currency. It's all, all of what I said boils down to, does someone have a thing that someone else is willing to buy? If there's a demand for it, then it will translate into a, into a price. Value is something that has to do with the more uh, higher level concepts I was talking about. Bitcoin can do everything. So there's a theory out there. This is interesting. He asked, how do you get from a Bitcoin base to something better? Just pure programming? Does it take more than that? It's programming. It's adoption. There's an interview with, uh, I want to say it's Gavin Anderson. I, I don't remember who at this point. But he was asked, um, if there was one thing you could do over, what would it be with Bitcoin? Because uh, it was one of the people who basically started the coin. And he said, get hire a... Um, um, uh, I forget the profession, but an expert designer to make a better logo for Bitcoin because marketing does play a, a role. If you're able to market a coin and, and get people to want to use that programmable money versus another one, it'll be more valuable. But ultimately, the root value comes from what can the money do? What's been programmed into the currency? Uh, but because it's all open source, it's really, and it's against a network's best interest to close source its code. Also, to close source code, you have to have an institution or a company behind it. But because it's open source, anything that another coin does, we can do. So, for example, we took the side staking concept from Pinkcoin. Pinkcoin did it first, and they did it well. And we're like, you did that well. This is a great idea. Let's implement it with our coin. And we did. And we talked to them about it. We made formed a relationship over that. Like we're, We are, from a network value, buddies. Um, and there's a theory out there that says that Bitcoin, this is the Bitcoin maximalist theory, that says Bitcoin will be the one true coin that rules everything. What's happening right now is just people are experimenting with the concept of programmable money, and anything that succeeds over the next 10 years will just be back what every other coin does. It happen. I think we're going to live in a multi-currency economy, as I've been saying for half a decade at this point. But it's a thing that could happen, and it's a it's a reasonable, reasonable theory out there. Uh, so it's... Exactly. People like choice. Excellent. And it, it's one of the main per currencies if one fails. So we, as a globe, make value. That value, scout that, that project as soon as we get up this stuff. So hopefully, you know, World War II happened because, among other things, currencies around escape um, route for many of the general population. They just had to someone, I'm going to take away your suffering. It's the concept of torture. Uh, reason for paying attention to this stuff. Uh, there are two projects, and I don't know too many details about this, so if anyone knows more about it, please throw it in the chat. But there are two Boink projects that aren't entirely secure. Uh, there are ways to fake your credit, and they are whitelisted Boink projects. And we have to probably, we have, they have to fix their system or they're going to be removed from the Gridcoin whitelist. That's the way I see it. I think that's the way the rest of the core team sees it. I think that's the way most of the network sees it. Like if, if you are running an insecure project uh, where I can fake Boink credits and then as a result of that, get Gridcoin that I have not earned, uh, you should not be on the whitelist until you fix it. So ideally, in an ideal situation, Gridcoin incentivizes Boink projects to make sure that their system is their project itself is not cheated, cheatable. Um, because we have a lot of processing power, they want to be on the whitelist. And this is also a great example of how we as a network, just regular individuals, are sort of incentivized to go out and look at these projects and catch this stuff. Because if we don't catch it, these projects can continue to be insecure and then everyone suffers because of it. It's in our own, in in individual's best interest, self-interest, to catch cheaters. It's an interesting part of um, not just open, uh, not just blockchain theory, but open source in general. 
right? How does Linux operate so well? Well, there's so many people that use it and depend on it that they try to make sure there are no bugs. And when there are bugs, they find them and they patch them. So keep an eye out to that, guys. If everyone, anyone knows what the two projects are, please throw them in the chat. Uh, I don't want to even guess because I don't want to say the wrong project. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out. There will be probably more public discussions about this uh, coming, although it is a public discussion on GitHub and here in the Discord. It's not like a private thing, but it's just I don't think there's been a Reddit post or anything like that made. Uh, Boy Sonic says it's LHC and Yahoo, and that sounds right. Um, so yeah, it's interesting stuff. I'm not the voice of Gridcoin. I'm a guy who likes to talk and just happens to make a show and also contributes a lot of documentation shit. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jeff. Oh, big news thing I forgot to mention. The Psydoc poll is running for another 24 hours. Uh, it's at 17% validation. So if you want to vote on this poll, if you want to validate it, get your opinion out there. Vote yes, no, abstain. Uh, and validate the poll. It needs 40% ABW to pass. Um, cool. It's going to be interesting to your comment, Random Daz, who says uh, they would think LHC would do better. It's going to be interesting to see how them being removed from the whitelist, if that's what it comes down to, affects their operation. Because they're a large project. Uh, so I don't think they even know they're whitelisted, to be honest, because they're one of the legacy projects. <laughs> yeah, Koshi says they won't care. And I'm of a similar opinion. They know. Um, their admins have been contacted. They're just non-responsive, from my understanding, which is an issue, right? Yeah. Oh, Jeff, sorry, I missed your question. Uh, Jeff asked... Uh, are there any opportunities, uh, any DeFi opportunities for Gridcoin? Ultimately, yes. Um, we could create... DeFi is just smart contracts, essentially. Um, so we could create... Uh, we could create our own decks, right? We can do whatever we want to do if we get people who can do it. right? So probably not anytime soon. <laughs> but we could make grants for... Decentralized grants for science and that is a grants are part of the financial system so decentralized finance decentralized grants uh yes so the short answer is yes the long answer is we need more developers uh and we could wrap gridcoin on a DeFi chain to get more liquidity so i mentioned that uh the point that there are legal repercussions that and a lot of hurdles to overcome that we are just too small to overcome so we might be able to do atomic swaps in the near future all this technology is very new. DeFi is this cycle's ICOs. So just be very careful in the space if you're exploring. Definitely explore. Highly encouraged to explore. But follow the basic you know, rules. Be skeptical. Ask questions. And uh, yeah. So <laughs> that said, uh, <laughs> it would be interesting. DeFi would be interesting to see built on top of Gridcoin. Uh, anything else? So there's another item of news I forgot. The Boink Virtual Workshop, Virtual Boink Workshop, what have you, is taking place over the next three Wednesdays of April, April 14th, 21st, and 28th. Uh, the schedule is out. You can get more information and register, which is registration is free and attendance. Uh, I think it's also, well, I, I know it's free. I don't know if you need to register to attend. I think it's just a way to see, sort of estimate how many people are coming. But you can find more information at Boink. Let me double check. It's not Virtual Boink Workshop. Uh, it is boinkworkshop.org. Find more information. Go check that out. Boinkworkshop.org. You're going to have speakers uh, such as David Anderson, Matt Blumberg, David Wallum. I'm just going through the whole list here. Uh, 
Nils from LHC, uh, Juan from World Community Grid, Rita uh, Aurora from Boink Tech, John Clemens from MLC at Home. Uh, Delta will be there uh, talking about, uh, I think, active Boink projects. Right is from Prime Grid and, and all his other uh, initiatives like the Science Cloud. The Science Cloud is pretty interesting. I'd also recommend checking that out. Uh, Mohanty from Omahanty. Oh, uh, yeah, there's only one from AI Crowd. Mehda Etra, Ashwina Rao um, from Idol AI. Uh, Vitali, everyone knows Vitali. Stephen Clark from Manohub. Uh, Max Ryabinen. Ryabinen. Right, that sounds like a protein from Learning at Home, Tristan from Charity Engine, uh, Andy Bowery from Climate Prediction, and Keith from World Community Grid. So go check it out. Uh, <laughs> it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I think it's, the three days are technicals. Uh, let me just like the schedule for you. It's broken up into tech talks, general discussions, or the world of Boink, tech talks, and community discussions and tutorials. So pick a day. Pick two days, go to all three, do whatever you want. Don't go. I don't care. But it's a thing that exists. I think you should go. Be part of the community. Meet some people. Have some good friends. Have some good friends. Um, all right. Last thing here. All right. Last Reddit thread I want to touch on it. And I'm reading this blind, so I might not answer them all. But it's a Reddit thread called Newbie GRC Economics Questions. Um, Question one, I understand there are 10 million GRC minted per year. There are about, there are more than that. Uh, there are 14 million, I think. It's about 30,000 a day, if I remember correctly. Uh, how was that number decided? And what was the reasoning for it? Has there been discussion on changing the amount printed algorithmically so the supply of GRC can respond dynamically to price fluctuations? Um, the number was decided in the CBR poll, if you remember that, a long time ago. Where we sat down, it was primarily me and Jim, but there were lots of contributors. We sat down and we figured out what's a, a stable economic model to move forward with. And we chose this number. We actually chose five different numbers and we put it to a network poll and the network chose the numbers that exist right now. 10 GRC rewards per block. Uh, and I think it's 30,000 GRC minted for research a day. Someone give me the numbers if you have them off the top of your head. Yeah, it's been. I think it's a bit over thirty for both staking and crunching. Yeah, because I think it's twenty-eight thousand per research and then ten GRC per block. But I know it's I know it's nine thousand. Yeah, it should be on average three thousand six hundred for staking. Um, yeah. But uh. Okay, so it's between thirty and forty. Like I wrote the thing, I should remember the numbers. But you know what? I wrote it many many years ago. Uh, <laughs> that said, uh, that was the, the reasoning is all in the CBR proposal, actually. There was a lot of thought put into that. Um, we, I'm not going to be able to do it off the top of my head, and I don't have the proposal in front of me. But I know we took into consideration the economics that were taking place at the time, the, the context at the time. Uh, and we also, one of the largest things we considered was the split of GRC distributed to stakers versus to researchers. And we put those into ratios and we chose 75% to 25% researchers to crunch or to stakers. Um, we, uh, one of the things you consider whilst setting up block rewards is, and this was interesting because we were making this without consideration of the USD value, the price, as this person puts it of a GRC. We were just thinking of ratios and we were thinking of 
basically percent of GRC in existence. Like what what percentage of the GRC do we want to go to securing the blockchain and to the the researchers? We weren't trying to find profitability levels or anything like that because GRC is so small, so experimental that it, if it succeeds, who knows what's going to happen in terms of USD translation. But So let's not even think about it. Just think about the pure metrics and it's the best way to come up with stuff. Um, so we, we you want to make sure to incentivize block producing at a high enough level to raise the difficulty, to continuously raise the network difficulty. Because again, to go cycle all the way back to the beginning of this discussion today, the reason Gridcoin exists is because we have this independent ledger, this blockchain secured by proof of stake. Uh, that If that did not exist, we couldn't reward people for crunching. So we have to consider that. If we rewarded one GRC per block, would people even bother to stake the network? Uh, and, and if you know, rewarding, we want to basically reward as little as possible. That's the goal. Because we all generally in the core team, at least, and, and largely in the network, I get the feeling that we want to reward crunching only. Like that, if we could, if if we could, we would only reward people for crunching. We would do proof of research if we could, but we can't. So let's reward, let's mint a certain amount of GRC and give as little as much as, as little as possible to staking without destroying the network. And the result of the CBR, the, the numbers we chose was actually a drastic increase in difficulty across the network. It went from, struggling to hit like two or three at times to uh like 20 i, I don't know what the difficult actually our difficulty is currently 19 yeah it, <laughs> before cbr the difficulty was very bad and we were forking all the time because there just weren't enough people trying to scare the the ledger uh we also transitioned into cbr which is constant block reward should have said that in the beginning uh from an "Quote unquote APR model, which did not incentivize people to secure the network. There was actually a paper written about this, a general cryptocurrency paper written about the effects of going from a percent incentive to a block reward incentive and the effects that has on network security. It was like, oh, Gridcoin, the people who built this thing, uh, the CBR, proposed or hypothesized that by switching to this new model, difficulty would go up. And here's the evidence that they were correct. And here's what we can um, learn from this example. So that's like really cool. I, I wish we I had that paper offhand. If anyone knows where that paper is, please post it. Um, has there been discussion on changing the amount printed algorithmically? Yes. In fact, there will be more discussions as we move forward with some of the stuff we want to build in the future because this is an open economic algorithm. Anyone can propose someone and even make the technical changes. It's up to people to decide what software to run and which one to, to operate with. But one of the ways we can build a lot of the stuff we're going to be, or one of the tools we have rather, is the printing supply. Is the how much GRC is minted? Where does it go? Um, is it static or dynamic? In fact, if you go to the CBR proposal, the last section, and I argued for implementing this at the time of CBR, uh, I was more than happy to compromise not to do it because it was more practical just to do a static system. But if you go to that proposal, the last section is called the dynamic economics. And uh, we propose there that in the future, we will switch from static economics to a dynamic system where rewards are shifted algorithmically based on the context of the network, based on the needs of the network. For example, if maybe we want to target a difficulty on the network, maybe we don't need a 20 difficulty. We only need a 10. Maybe we stop incentivizing or staking so much and divert those rewards to crunching. And then once the network hits 10 on difficulty, 
you know, it balances out. And then if, oops, we, we reduced it too much, all of a sudden difficulties at nine or eight, the GRC fluidly, algorithmically goes back to incentivizing crunching and to try and balance it at 10. It's similar to how the Fed in the US, like I'm making quotations here, targets 2% inflation, whatever the fuck that means. Like it's a thing they try to target with the tools they have at hand. So sometimes they go above, sometimes they go below. A lot of the times they don't have any effect because really they have no real tools to do anything. Uh, but we do. We have software. Uh, we have direct incentives. We're not putting money through bank systems into other banks. We don't need to buy junk bonds. We don't need to do any of this nonsense. We just have money printed from protocol and we can put it places. Um, not into the hands of banks who want to profit. Um, so yes, to answer your question. There's discussion about how to change the, the economic system of Gridcoin, and I think there will be more of it coming forward. That dynamic system, though, is going to have absolutely nothing to do with price fluctuations. Nothing I am involved in building will ever have anything to do with price, period. It doesn't make sense to work with price. It just doesn't. There are too many variables in it, first of all. Well, first of all, who the fuck cares? If I can buy bread with Gridcoin, okay. I don't need US dollars. Second of all, there are too many factors in there. Just because the price of gold, for example, is going up doesn't mean it's more valuable. It could just be the value of the US dollar is going down. So I guess it is more valuable in relation. But it's like, did someone add a utility to gold that's making it more valuable? No, dollars useless. So it's, you know, there's a lot to consider there. So just ignore price, build something worth building. And the dynamic system would take into consideration what I just described, the state, the difficulty, the number of crunchers, uh, other metrics, the number of transactions across the chain, chain, number of transactions per block. Like if the blockchain is getting flooded with transactions because it's highly popular, everyone's trying to publish uh, their scientific articles at the same time, we want to incentivize people to be putting those transactions into blocks more and more and more. Uh, so maybe we do something through the economic system there. Um, maybe there are a lot of grant proposals and a lot of them are getting approved and we need to move, move money around that way. None of it will have to do with price. It's, um, from my perspective, very silly. Um, all right, number two. How much of a concern are bubbles to the stability of the network? Weird extreme bubbles seem to affect nearly every altcoin unless it is specifically designed out like a stablecoin. Stablecoins, eh, we'll ignore that part. Um, so bubbles have to do with price. The only thing, in my opinion, that bubbles are useful for is for adoption. If you can capitalize on a, that's what a bubble is in this space right now. You know, bubbles in stock markets are um, run primarily on hype and nothing else. It's not like all of a sudden there are a lot more people coming to the stock market, although the coming bubble might be a retail bubble. But like the dot-com bubble was just, oh my God, new technology. It wasn't, oh my God, a swarm of new people are using this new, this tool called a stock equity. No, it was, it was the same people just putting more money in. Um, with uh, with Bitcoin, the bubbles come because there's that hype element to it, but there's also all of a sudden a lot more people using the new technology. All of a sudden, Tesla's accepting payments in Bitcoin. Uh, you know, someone sold a pizza for Bitcoin. All of a sudden, just more people see value in Bitcoin and want to hold it, want to have it. Uh, so... If you can capitalize on that factor of the bubble, you can utilize the bubble to its advantage, to its greatest advantage, uh, and bring people to your project. So 
if and when this next bubble continues to develop at an accelerated and exponential rate, we're going to want to push out the best front face we can. We're going to want to have Gridcoin World come out. We're going to want to have um, new white papers come out. We're going to want to have stuff that shows people we're here. We've been developing. We've got really cool stuff. We've got more people than we did before. We survived the bear market and excelled through it. Gridcoin is one of the few coins that actually accelerated development through the bear market. That's insane. Like That's incredible. Um, that said, there's a second utility of bubbles, which is when there's a centralized entity or when there's a community-run wallet, like the what we call a foundation wallet, you're going to want to sell some of those assets to diversify your holdings so that you can survive better in bear markets. So what should have happened in the 2014 and 17 bubbles, maybe not 2014, that was when Gridcoin first came out. The 2017 bubble is a portion, the community should have decided to sell a portion of the Gridcoin Foundation's holdings and hold it in Bitcoin in a multi sig wallet. Uh, that way, and, and probably hold some in USDs. Although once you get into USD, it's a little more complicated as to how you share access to that. But you can have a multi sig Bitcoin wallet or Ethereum wallet. Um, and at that point, you're less dependent on the success of adoption for your own network in order to use resources to get things done. You can pay developers in Bitcoin when it was $3,000, and you can pay developers in Bitcoin when it's $57,000, right? It's diversification during bubbles is important, and I hope that gets done this time if there is another time. All right. In terms of stability of the network, I don't think there's any effect to it. They bring stability to the network uh, because they bring more adoption, and adoption is stability. All right, number three, and all of these seem to be about price, so I'm very disappointed. If the community, although they're good questions, to be fair, if the community were interested in stabilizing the value of GRC and algorithmically adjusting supply to that end, what do people think of tying the value to one of these? Kilowatt hours? Are, or total computation power valuable from crunches on the GRC network? So that, I think, I don't fully understand this question. Because, oh, price per kilowatt hour. Okay. You could tie, but then how do you equate total computation power valuable crunches on the GRC network to a price? Because you could tie the amount of GRC minted to the amount of computation power on the network. Uh, I think Chocolate has proposed or has talked about proposing something very similar to this. Um, you, we can do that. You can tie the amount of GRC minted to different metrics. I don't think I would never support a proposal that seeks to tie it to a USD translation of a GRC. That seems uh, counterintuitive. But to tie it to hard resources, like the amount of electricity, chocolates also talked about this, having an exchange with SolarCoin, where you can tie the value of a GRC to a kilowatt hour produced by a solar panel or something like that. Like, all these are very interesting concepts. Uh, get the idea of a USD price out of it, in my opinion. Um, so to to rephrase, I'm not disappointed. These are all very good questions uh, coming from someone from a traditional standpoint. They're they're used to traditional markets. They're probably used to stocks and stuff like that. But like we're dealing with programmable money. We can tie it to anything. We don't need to stick to the US dollar. The US dollar is not our god. We could tie it to Bitcoin. Bitcoin could be our god. <laughs> Um, so yeah, actually very interesting questions, guys. Yes, we all pray to the Bitcoin gods. Uh, Shackle says, while price doesn't matter, being profitable does accelerate adoption and help reach critical mass to make the price not matter. You're 
it's not such a catch-22. We use Bitcoin as an example. Bitcoin was sold for $0 for a while. It still gained adoption during that time. Being interesting gains more adoption than price. Um, you will You will get people by being profitable, yes. You will get more people by being interesting. Uh, the you'll also get a different type of person. If you focus on price, you will get people who focus on price. If you focus on being interesting and developing something novel and of use, you're going to find people to help you build that thing that is novel and of use. Um, is this starting to sound like dating advice? <laughs> yeah. If you walk around, is this is dating advice. If you walk around and you're a Bitcoin billionaire and you're just flouting money left and right, you're going to get a gold digger. If you walk around and you're the Satoshi and you just say, I developed this new open source economics system, you're going to get someone who's like, wow, that's really interesting. That's, uh, let's have a conversation. So it depends on what you want. And if you go a different route, you'll, go, you'll, you'll get what you incentivize, right? So if we want to get people who will hype the price of the coin, we should talk about price a lot. If we want to get people who are going to help us build very fascinating utilities, very fascinating products that in the end, if we successfully market, will raise the price of the coin, the translation, the USD translation, then we should talk about those things and we should try to build them. Uh, so there are just different ways of going about things. I'm of the mindset that you just build the thing, build the interesting thing, keep doing that, focus on the product, build it and they will come. There's a reason that everyone remembers that quote, guys, it just makes sense. And then you know you realize that, well, I can build 100 things and people only come to one. So there is a huge amount of risk in this route. Uh, there's a huge amount of risk in the other route, but you might be able to scam people in the process, right? That's not what we want to do. That's what ICOs did. And they're disgusting and sleazy and half of them more than half are gone. But if you take the risk, try to build something in a competitive environment that's very exciting and you're doing it because it's fun, uh, is it, you enjoy it, then... And you, if you don't succeed, but you had fun along the way, isn't that worth it, guys? Yeah. Random Dad says, it, it seems kind of silly to scam people when you could have done it legit. Sounds like shooting yourself in the foot. Exactly. If you can do it, do it. Let's build the thing. Um, okay. So let me catch up in the chat, make sure I caught anything. Uh, Sai is asking other people to talk about... Oh, he posted... Thanks, Sai. He posted the link to the GitHub issue talking about the flaws in Credit New on LHC at home. and. Um, Wow, Yafu. Uh, he's saying, guys, put your opinions down. He is right. Uh, we, it, When something's on GitHub, we want as many people talking on it as possible, just so we have a record of what the community was thinking at a specific time. It doesn't need to be a big, like, thought-out essay like I write, just because that's how I write, right? It could just be like, yes, I agree with this person. Yes, I agree with that person. You can even say, I think that's a stupid idea. It's mean, but you can say it if that's who you how you talk. It doesn't matter. Uh, get Get involved in the discussions. That, for example, the number of people and the level of the discussion involved around interesting ideas is what someone who would contribute to building that interesting idea would look at. Oh, does this community have people who would support me? Does it like these discussions? I don't know exactly how to build what I want to build, but can I have a, a back and forth with people in the community and maybe come to a, a solution to my problem? So have the discussions on GitHub. Dzoned asks, and we'll finish on this question. Are there any platforms that use Gridcoin as an acceptable payment? Uh, I know people, short answer, no. 
Long answer. I think that there are people use uh will buy or sell hardware for Gridcoin, um, and stuff like that. I know there was someone who just posted on Reddit about integrating uh GRC, getting like a head shop in Canada, I think, to accept Gridcoin and other cryptocurrencies. So that was pretty neat. Um, yeah. It, it, that's something you can do on a personal level. If you know someone who runs a business, get them to accept Gridcoin. Set up a wallet, get an address, and accept Gridcoin. Uh, would be interesting because Gridcoin to buy additional current chain. Uh, does uh, does Rytus accept the uh, GRC for the Science Cloud? Maybe someone should talk to him about that. Uh, that said, though, guys, I'm going to go take a break before Boink Radio. <laughs> so I'll see you all over there if you're coming. Otherwise, we'll see folks here next week. Friday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on the Gridcoin Discord server. Happy crunching.